This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The comic book pit? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that just means we're nice and warmed just up. Just record that. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, what did this show turn into? <laughs> well, this is to answer your question, Jared. This is the comic book pit. This is episode three eighty two, and I'm Dan. And uh, with me tonight, uh, we've got Scott. Uh, I'm here. Yes. And as I already mentioned, we got Jared. Yes. Uh, so I have Inspector, like issues 15 on, or the Brave Vogel ones. Okay. I don't know where exactly the, the Sook ends and the Brave Vogel begins, but that's. <laughs> that sounds about right. I think. the region. I, I didn't uh, last very long on the Hal Jordan Spectre book. I think once Ryan Sook jumped ship, I think I jumped with him. So, and we both floated away on a door. <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking uh, earlier today. I, I brought it up to you guys that uh, this, uh, you know, for for better or worse, it's been you know it's been a kind of a crazy last uh, year. You know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen months, whatever, 13. and thirteen, and we've uh, we've surpassed a year of recording remotely. Then we have not been in the Sorgatron Media Studio since March 1st of 2020. Wow. <laughs> we, we recorded our first remote episode on uh, March 15th, 2020, with episode 344. It was, it, it was interesting. Like I said, I, I, I went back and, and listened to it. Just It was almost like um, – it was kind of like a time capsule. Like – Yeah. Real. A really messed up time capsule. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you kind of had like a intro for all those episodes too, didn't you? Like a count, how many weeks were into the the quarantine? Um, I I think later on, I, I think as we were doing more quarantine centric ish uh, episodes, yeah, I think I did. But like this was essentially our first quarantine episode. Uh, I, I wrote a couple of notes, a couple of points of interest. So so first of all, this was the first episode after Jared's surprise birthday party. Yeah. Only half of us could attend, but it was not a super spreader. 
Right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. That was that was and that was a phrase that wasn't in uh, our lexicon, as it were. Right. It, it was not yeah. a super spreader event yet. People were just starting to fight over toilet paper. Uh, we were all preparing to be uh, locked in, uh, locked down, going to isolation. Schools were just starting to close. Only half, like only a, like they were closing at a very slow rate at first. We were talking about like the the cons were slowly canceling at the time. At the time of that episode, uh, Emerald City Con was still on track to happen, but uh, the the big companies were starting to pull out, like DC and um, other companies, and they were starting to refund people their uh, like you know their table fees and stuff. The uh, the, the term uh, fart sniffer was used, which mm. is a, a which is a, a Jared classic. Yeah, I'm not going to say that this was not the first appearance of fart sniffer, but it was used. Yeah. And I believe it was a justified usage. Oh, yeah. I think absolutely. I think that was only validated as time went on. <laughs> I made the uh, wildly incorrect. But again, at the time, nobody knew uh, the wildly incorrect statement. I said uh, I mentioned something about there might be lingering effects for months. From the uh, from the lockdown, I'm like months. Yeah, Try months. Here. <laughs> many, many many months. Yeah. Let's see what else. They were still they 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 had not stopped filming the Batman yet. Oh. That was still going on. Let's see. Sports being affected made things real because it, things weren't mm. quite real yet. But um, sports being affected nationally made it. Uh, real um we were all still working on site and yeah uh none of us none of us with our employers had a, a plan to start working from home that so quickly kind of, changed yes it did yes it did yeah. rightfully and uh correctly so we all started kind of predicted the uh you know working from home and the overall change that we were going to see uh, in that you know the whole um work landscape or employment landscape. And I told for the 3000th time the story of how I had already worked remote and I was ready to do it. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. I, I guarantee sure I did. did. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the topic of remote work cannot come up out with me just involuntarily telling that story of how I did it once before. Yeah, that's a talking point. It is. And then we, we talked about the, um, the idea of, uh, print media going digital and how comic shops were adapting, you know, that some shops were shipping to customers and offering curbside pickup, things like that. So we weren't all like uh, fully locked down yet. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, um, stores and restaurants hadn't started closing. And so it was really, yeah, like I said, it was, it was really a, an interesting listen. Like, wow, like a lot has changed. Yeah. So I'm looking at the calendar. That was a Sunday we recorded that episode. Uh, by that Friday, the 20th, that was my last day in the office physically. Mm. So that, of course, of that week, they, they figured it out. So I'm guessing it was like the NBA went down, must have been the 11th or so. And then I think Danny Chell went on the 12th. And that's when, and that's when you mentioned sports. That was like the, it affected sports. Like, and I think we talked about this in that sports is like Teflon. To events, but also reflects 
events as well. Like when it impacts sports, I got kind of right marks the impact of it. Like even Link like conceded to that. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't even follow this shit. Oh yeah, yeah, I notice when it gets messed. <laughs> yeah, we had all agreed because I, um, I was okay. gonna say not to be too political, but I think the lack of sports last year was a big in, a big factor in the political landscape because people didn't have anything to, to bitch about on a Sunday, you know, on a weekly business. So they, they were like, Oh, I can bitch about politics because that didn't stop. <laughs> so yeah, I think sports was a huge factor. I just, I, yeah. Like I was so glad it came back and I don't even watch sports. I was just like happy that people, half the people went back to bitching about sports. I'm too glad it came back. I've been to two games already, Scott. Yeah, it's awesome. I know. I love seeing that. Back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's what I, I, I kind of um, I said in that episode, and I, I still believe it that you know the you know I, I'm I'm not uh, a huge uh, sports person, but but living in a sports town like Pittsburgh, it's it's just part of. It, it's it, it's part of everything, you know. Like when you're when your team wins, your city wins. Everyone's in a good mood. It like it 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 affects so many things. You know, it's yeah, not just you can always gauge a, a Monday morning based on if the Steelers won on Sunday or not. Oh yeah, so, you know, and how the day was going to go. because mm-hmm. so, <laughs> the mood definitely was there in the office. Yeah. Everyone, you know, like, uh, the, the, you listen to the radio and people talk about, Oh, the, you know, the, well, the, the bucks blew another one last night or, or, or the Steelers blew a, a whatever point lead or blah, blah, blah. And it just, it like, it just takes everything down. But like when the, when, the, when your team wins, like I said, like everyone's just in a good mood, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, think, in this town, like <laughs> yeah, especially in this town. I think for us, um, the the shops, you know, the comic shops closing up was our big uh, big blow. You know, like we mm-hmm. there. Oh, even when they they actually told artists and creators to put their pencils down because they were like, we're not printing, so we're not paying you. You know, mm-hmm. that was like a weird. That was weird because they're like, yeah, we don't want you to work for like two months. Because we don't know what's going to happen, and we're not print, we're not printing. Yeah, and no, it was it, like everybody took a hit. Yeah, and it was that was just a weird time because then we're like, even for us, we're like, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, like we got <laughs> there's no new books out. <laughs> yeah, I think the first few episodes that we did remotely, um, I think we did have a few lingering comics to talk about. Um, and you know, Sean, he's always got something from 30 years ago to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, and of course we would talk about, uh, things related to the pandemic because it was still very new. Things were still happening. Things were changing daily, sometimes hourly. And there was always something to talk about. And, uh, and not only did it affect the comics landscape, but I mean, just media in general. And that's, you know, media is also a big part of our show with movies and television. And so it, it really kind yeah. of like, we kind of had to change everything. That's, you know, what's funny though now is like, because I've, you know, I always, this whole time I've 
kind of been like, I'm still going, I still go out, you know, but I do all the, you know, I you wear my mask. <laughs> I still go out. But I don't, but I don't go out and slap hands with people, you know, or talk to anybody. But I feel like almost like one of those, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, like some anime, you know, like uh, Nausicaa, you know, the guy that goes into the, you know, the, the toxic jungle and comes back with stories. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, cause you're all wrapped up and then you come home and you're like, this guy was coughing at Walmart, you know, like, and you're like, that's your story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the masses so killed him. I already kind of feel like that time is over because yeah, I sat, I sat in traffic over the weekend and I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. So, you know, I'm like, no, I, I liked uh, everybody staying at home and me just wandering about in the silence, you know? So, it, you know, that's funny. I had, I, th- I think I had a similar experience where we were, um, we were coming home, I think last Sunday we were doing a, just some running around and we were on the, on the parkway and it was all backed up. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> where, like, where are all you people coming tear, from? Tear came to your eye. Like, yeah, exactly. we yeah. came, we're getting back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard on the news, <laughs> I actually did hear on the news today that <laughs> traffic is like at 80% of what it was before the pandemic. So like, it's almost like people are out and about now again. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, well, the weather I, they, changing. Yeah, the weather's nice. Bit. The weather's nice. So, I mean, that I was always introverted in, in a homebody, and I'm never one really for like going out for the sake of going out. Like my going out always was purpose driven. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get to see like Ghost Town Pittsburgh or, or Ghost Town wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I could only hear these tales. Um, and so my perspective, like I people were always out because whenever I went out, there was people out. Like I was never like, I went to Walmart and a tumbleweed blew down aisle 12. Like it was always like people around. I never really experienced like a free flowing parkway at like four 30 in the afternoon on, you know, yeah. Monday or whatever. Right. Um, so if that happened, I kind of regret yeah. that I missed that. Um, <laughs> sounds like good times. You got to um, hear it. You- gotta just look at the small positives i guess out of something yeah. like this but mm-hmm. I, I, uh, a lot of people look at like last year like 2020 or or the all of this with like that disdain like there's that it's just that common like 2020 sucked like fuck you 2020 you were a yeah. bitch of a year eat my shit um we made it through it so because of selfishly like i i i I survived it. My family and loved ones survived it. I didn't, no one died. So like, I don't, I don't have, I choose not to take that negative outlook on it. Yeah. We lost like going to baseball games for a year or I couldn't tell you the last time I've been in a movie theater. Um, I can count on like one hand, the number of times I've eaten in a restaurant in the last 13 months, you know, but it's like, like a, I kind of, I, I kind of enjoy. I remember what it happened, being like, "What a time to be!" I was like, "If we get through this, this is going to be like an amazing time to have been alive, to have wit- mm-hmm. we're witnessing history. We have front row seats to history as it's yeah. being written." Mm-hmm. And so, we we survived the trip. 
You know, we made it through. And so rather than look back and resent the year or, or just whatever, I choose just to, I'm not going to say celebrate the year, but like, yeah, it was awesome. A, but you just, but yeah, like just, I, yeah, I accept it for what it is Yeah, and, and, and appreciate it for what it is. Well, you know, so a conversation that I, I had with my, my wife last weekend was I mean, we were talking about just basically what we're talking about now, the, the you know, with everything that's happened in the past year. It, it kind of hit me that as as awful as things cer- certain aspects of the last year were, what happened, I feel like it couldn't have happened in any other time other than this era. Because imagine even just 20 years ago or 25, 30 years ago, if this had happened, no. nobody could work from home. No, it'd be impossible. Even I mean, our, our country, I'm curious, it did happen a hundred years ago. So like, how did they, right. well, and, and here's, I, I, I don't mean to take us off tangent, but let's, when they put a pin in that and then we'll, we'll circle back to you. Right. Yeah. Like I think about, you're right. Re- re- work from home. Couldn't happen. I think about like where my parents live, like even now it couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. We probably, honestly, if it was like 10 years ago or, you know, pre, you know, high speed internet, we would probably all be in the office with giant masks on our faces, trying to buy the newest, you know, the best mask. But we'd all be working probably at work because we'd have to, you know, like, I think everybody would be like, I still have to make a living. So they'd be like, well, I'm putting on, you know, the coal miners put on their mask. And, you know, we're not in a coal mine. We're just going into the office. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what did happen 100 years ago. What I found very disappointing is that, like, who knew about the 1918 flu other than, like, a passing knowledge of it? No, not – no details. We, we, we as a society or whatever, like, completely forgot about that. Like, it, it happened, and then the generation since – just per, like pretended like it didn't have ignored it. Like I only heard of it. I was well out of high school. I remember, geez, like before I even moved here, I was at my buddy's house. It was like Stanley Cup finals, and I was looked at like Wikipedia, like the history of Stanley Cups. And I remember seeing like 1918 Stanley Cup final like canceled due to they called it Spanish flu. And I just remember like, huh, that must have been some flu. I had no idea yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None. Well, just so I just hope we don't forget. That's what I hope about is, is that people don't forget what happened because mm-hmm. it clearly can happen again if you don't watch your ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. Always, that, okay. Well, I was just going to say just the just the fact that it happened now and tw- like you know twenty twenty. Uh, aside from just like being able to work from home, just the the advances in technology that that we are afforded to not only work from home, but for for medical and scientific advances to save us from this, and to people to develop ways to keep their businesses afloat, you know, with vaccine in less than a year. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, obviously, a lot of things are different, but like they weren't as there was the, the information just wasn't available to them. They weren't as informed people. Yeah. People probably all still worked, but all the work was 
probably, you know, trades, manual labor. I mean, everything was, you know, everybody was still doing things by hand. So it was like, there was no way to, you know, there was no working from home. There was, there was work. (laughs) That was it. Just wet your bandana. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's almost a, in, in a weird way, it's almost a blessing that this, if this was going to happen again, if history was going to repeat itself, having it happen in this day and age was probably the best thing that could have happened. You hope. And I, again, to echo Scott, to not make this a uh, political thing, the, the administration in charge when this pandemic hit had dismantled our, our, our readiness for well, yeah. a pandemic. We're, we're alive despite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. So despite the previous, uh, you know, yeah. Administration. It, 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 no one can prove, you know, a counterfactual uh, yeah. argument. So no one can say if, if Hillary Clinton was president that this wouldn't have happened, but mm-hmm. it was going to happen no matter what. It's just how it was handled. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. That is the thing. So, so yeah. Well, just to, well, I'll tell you what, to, to, to bring us around to, uh, to kind of segue from the, the pandemic conversation to something a little more in, uh, enjoyable. Cheerful. Yeah, cheerful. <laughs> this is the most cheerful episode to date. <laughs> so one it's thing. A very that, special episode of the comic. That's right. It's an after school special. Uh, one thing that, that got derailed last year that is sort of back on track this year, and they happen to be. Uh, one of our sponsors is the Three Rivers Comic Con. Yeah, got uh, got derailed last year, which was which was doubly sad because uh, not only did we miss out on Three Rivers Comic Con, but last year would have been the the fifth anniversary or the fifth sh- you know their, their fifth year of uh, you know of of doing the show, and it was going to be huge. It was going to be down at the uh, convention Five center. Yeah, what's that? The five-year plan. Yeah, the five-year plan. It was going to be at the the uh, the convention center. I mean, it was going to be a, a huge show. I mean, it just the 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 show was taking the next step. You know, it was evolving, and then, pan, you know, COVID hit and everything got derailed. But um, they are having a kind of a mini show next month, uh, May twenty-second and twenty-third down at the waterfront in Homestead, PA, uh, which is just 10 or 15 minutes outside of downtown Pittsburgh. And that's where the, the waterfront new dimension comics is located. And it's going to be an outdoor show free to attend. Uh, Lots of, uh, lots of vendors. Everything is going to be spaced safely. Masks are required and going to be enforced and um so it should be it'll be fun i'm I'm looking forward to it because i'm kind of looking forward to a show um and i think this will be interesting to see the first kind of pandemic type of con you know it's fortunate they can have it outdoors i think that makes it a little better yeah i'll tell you what though if people want to go for a, a con experience go to new dimension comics at the waterfront that building is massive, and there's tons to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they still in the of, same store that they they were in like last time we were there? Next door. They're no, in the Best Buy building. They're in the old Best Buy, and that is, I think, their 
permanent location because they have a permanent sign now on the building. Mm, They've achieved their final form. I hope so. It's permanent (laughs) for now. For now. Yeah. According to Chip. Yeah. For now. So, yeah. No, Scott. (laughs) Scott is absolutely right. The the new dimension comics waterfront location is is the bomb. If you want to enjoy a convention without people, go to the New Dimension Waterfront. Yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get myself down there. It's it's crazy. Like you walk around and you're like, it looks like there should be vendors in in every it's, turn, but it's it's massive. Half of the store is all is nothing but dollar comics. Yeah, yeah, and that that's how big the store is. Scott, what would you say? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I pulled my resident alien comment from how many I can't even like take a guess at how many hundreds of long boxes they have there just full of dollar comics. Maybe even a thousand. I don't know. Probably not a a thousand, but I'd say at least 500. That's like the tip of the iceberg for new dimension though. That's yeah. yeah. That's just what you see that never mind all the warehousing. And tractor trailers. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we talk about uh, pandemics and life halting. Well, I st- still, life still found a way because I still went to the basement sale in September last year. That's right. Told that story. I crashed it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sneaky. Nobody, nobody sees me coming. I just self mode. I'm a gentle breeze. <laughs> now we know why New Dimensions is sponsored because this is how we got out of the litigation for for the. Uh, you know, they were trying to get Jared. And yeah, for trespassing. <laughs> Look, we'll make you a sponsor, please. please you know. Yeah. Even. Here's the deal. Yeah, yeah, you hawk our wares for us. We'll look the <laughs> other way. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, I think it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm uh, excited to see some of these. Uh, they they released a um. A yes. list of, of, of vendors and uh, guests that are going to be I at saw the show that today. No, um, I, I gleefully stopped and, and looked over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. A, yeah, it looks like a good list. Yeah, and uh, just the fact that I mean, it, it's a free show. I mean, come on, you can't can't not go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll definitely want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, look forward to uh, looking through some comic boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mask up. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's obnoxious. That that whole masking thing. People are silly. <laughs> like you know, again, we're talking about the politics. You got to wonder if like if if the other side had been in charge when this thing hit, would people still be fart sniffers about it? Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. or, or would they just like walk around in like masks just to like own? Yeah, uh, it's, it's such a it was a very childish response. You know, it's because we had it good. We had it good for a very long time. Like, we real good. We're spoiled brats. The, the lot of us. The lot of us. <laughs> and and we are macho men. We are not tough guys. I think I can freely speak for no, you guys in this. That's, that's a that's I, an personally description. Charmin soft. Charmin soft. <laughs> and I made you know what? And I was like, fine. You know, so this is not as bad. You know, we weren't out. In the wild, like killing animals to, to fucking eat and shit. Like we just had to like wear a mask and not 
go to the movies, you know? Right. How hard is that? Whipty shit. Um, people just got to be assholes. I got, okay, so I was at the pirate game last night. The home, the first pirate game is like 80%, you know, we're like abide and buy. You know, way more people do abide by the mask. But it's always like that one person you see at the store that sticks in your mind. Like that mm-hmm. one that one smug prick that's just walking around with a naked face. Like like like, like nobody's noticing. And, mm-hmm. and like, like we see you. And we know that you what's going through your mind when you walked into this place. Yep. So we're at the prior game and, and it was very difficult to enforce. So it'd be interesting to see what enforcement's like at the New Dimension show. Uh, my heart goes out to that team. Because I cannot imagine it's going to be an easy thing. It's not an easy conversation to have. You know what? The way it's just silly because, like, for for me, if I get if I'm going, if I see myself going closer to other people, the map just comes up. It doesn't. It's like a automatic thing. So if I'm even if I'm outside, but there's a crowd, that's coming on. It's going on. Like I just mm-hmm. yeah. Like Like there's a smart way to go about it. Like if you are by yourself in an area, I, I, what's the big deal? But then again, if you are in the wind, going to a pirate game, that's private property. Like you go into someone's house, they say, take your shoes off. You take your shoes off. Right. You don't have to like the rule, but you have to respect it as a guest in their house. I come to your house and you say, take your shoes off. And I say, fuck you. And then just walk on your furniture yeah, <laughs> I got what's coming. Yeah, to me. I'm not. You're going to be asked to leave and never come back. And conversely, and that's what kills me because these folks, if the shoe were on the other foot, they wouldn't be so cavalier and pissing in your face. So, like, if if my role was like, I don't know, I wouldn't like it if my role was take your shoes off and you walked on my furniture and, and then flip me off. So, like, why, why? And it's not because you, you don't like Dr. Fauci. You know, it, it's it's just people are out. They're fart sniffers. You're just yeah, they're, they're just ignorant. I gotta get it out. Mm. This is my form. I'm just gonna use the bully pulpit here. I was gonna ask what what fart sniffer specifically means, but I think I know now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like that flared nostril set. Like you know what it means. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we all we all have been you know exposed to them we all have been have yeah. experienced them they all outed themselves this past year like you, you some folks you had to wonder and then like some folks it's like sometimes you've been surprised like oh you're wearing a mask in the store like i wouldn't have bet money on that what if i'd seen you walking down the street you got a fucking skull with a heart through it tattooed on your neck but fucking masked up like right on man want to put want to guess that Look at me being biased. <laughs> Don't okay. judge a book by its cover. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break and and judge books by their covers. Right. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Give a little bit of time to one of our other sponsors, and then when we come back, aside from talking comics, I'm gonna draw the winner of the uh, Christopher Priest contest, where uh, one of our one of our listeners is going to sit in on a uh, on a session on a ninety minute Q uh, and A session with uh, comic book veteran writer Christopher Priest. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? 
Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, COMICBOOKPIT. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. And we're back. I've got the names in the hat. It's not a hat. It's a piece of Tupperware, but whatever. It could be a hat. Yeah, I want it to be. I should have just I should have just kept the illusion going. It's Can a I pull the name. No, I can't. Yeah. All right. We're over now. Just Jago was wearing Tupperware on his head. <laughs> See, All right. Get in here. Listen, there's a guy wearing Tupperware on top of his head. <laughs> All right. So I'm mixing up the names. I'm gonna p- draw a name, and the winner is uh, Will Berkovitz. Will is the winner. He is going to sit in on a uh, discussion with veteran comic book writer Christopher Priest. So congratulations, Will. We will get you that information. So that is awesome. Congratulations again. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And commenting. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for participating. See, that's what happens when you when you participate in, a, in some of our stupid shit. You actually get to win something once yeah. in a while. Yeah, it pays off. That's right. <laughs> So, I haven't talked about comics in forever. Yeah. At least not with anyone like out loud. I've probably talked. <laughs> I've probably talked. I'm glad about that's. I'm glad it's not just me that practices these things in, in my head. head. Yeah. Um. Well, it. I. I've never made a, a secret of loving um, Daniel Warren Johnson's work on this show. Mm. Um, a couple years ago, Murder Falcon was like my book of the year. Um, he did that three issue Wonder Woman Dead Earth yeah. for DC Black mm-hmm. Label. I just love everything this guy does. And when I heard he was going to be doing a Beta Ray Bill miniseries, I'm like, that's, I don't even have to question it. Here's, take my money. <laughs> and, and he's, he's, writing and doing the art, which of course, because that's what he does. And it says, uh, this is going to be in a really interesting series aside from the, uh, you know, getting to see bill, you know, beta Ray bill being just awesome, just a complete ass kicker and, and seeing it in Johnson's style. It seems like it's going to be a really kind of an introspective book because where, it, where it picks up is bill is, basically made Asgard his home. He's kind of Thor's right-hand man as far as the defense of Asgard. He'd be, I guess he'd be like man-at-arms. You know, he'd be like, oh. he's he's kind of the, the captain of the guard. You know, he's the captain of the armies of, of Asgard. He doesn't have Stormbreaker anymore, which was the hammer that Odin made for him to replace Mjolnir. Because apparently Thor broke Stormbreaker, which I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I didn't read that story, but it sounds like kind of a dick move. So Bill doesn't have his 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 own hammer, 
but he's still very powerful in his own right. But he's also still kind of, um, he also takes a backseat to Thor a lot, even though he's kind of like, he holds a very prominent position in the, in, in Asgard and the defense of Asgard. Whenever Thor shows up, all of a sudden he's nobody because Thor shows up and it's like, Oh shit, Thor, what's up? Uh, Thor's the man. Thor is the all father. Now Thor's, he's just the, the, the biggest, baddest one there is. So it makes fe- Bill feel lesser than. And so this is, it's going to be, I think a story of Bill kind of redefining who he is and, and what his role is in the first issue. It's definitely not going to be on Asgard. So he, he leaves Asgard after a huge battle with a, now this, this comes out of the pages of King and black. I don't know if you, anyone's reading anything King and black related. I'm not reading the, no, Okay. Yeah. I'm, I didn't think so. I'm not reading the main story, but I have read some of the spinoffs and side stories. And those are actually kind of fun. The kind of coolest thing about this first issue is we get to see a venomized Fin Fang Foom. Oh. Who is, who is um, attacking Asgard. Bill leads the charge on that. You know, things don't really still don't really turn out in his favor, even though the day is victorious. It leaves uh, Bill with a with a feeling that he doesn't belong, and so he, at the end of the issue, he um, he just silently he leaves. He leaves Asgard, and he's like, I got to find out, you know, who I am and what my destiny is, and and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty uh, a pretty great ride. So I'm really uh, yeah, I'm really okay. looking forward to reading this. I just looked it up, um, Thor. Here's what happened is he threw Mjolnir at Beta Ray Bill. They were at, at odds because Bill was a herald of Galactus. He threw it at him. Bill caught it because he's like, it can, you know, I can stop Mjolnir. You know, no problem. So Thor took Stormbreaker and slammed it against Mjolnir and it exploded. Mm. He... Thor did it knowing, knowingly, I guess. But that it was destroyed. It was built because Bill was supposed to be holding that. So I think Thor did it to spite Bill. Mm. So. That was the impression I got from the book. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah I, I liked it a lot too. I didn't um, fully know the backstory of everything being discussed, but I thought it did a good enough job of telling us what we needed to know for the, the story being told, whether it be through context clues or, or just flat out yeah. explaining it. Right. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they, 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 they tell you enough to get you invested in the story. You don't have to have the, the full backlog of Thor and beta Ray bill stories to know what's going on. But, um, this is definitely, yeah, definitely something you can, you can, if you just have a passing knowledge, you can pick this up and enjoy it. I had less than a passing knowledge. I didn't know. I knew Beta Ray Bill was a character from like the Thor mythos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know anything about the character's backstory. I didn't know. I don't think I've read anything with featuring the character prior to this, but based on the creator involved, 
I picked it up and, and it, it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Dan, if I may, I can segue off that. Please you mentioned uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. I read a book by an artist who uh, has a similar type of kinetic art style. James Heron. It's got his work. Uh, if, if you didn't know, you might confuse the two. So I picked up uh, Ultra Mega, number one from Image Comics. Have you seen? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can so, see the similarities. Yeah, it, <clears throat> they are uh, like artistic cousins, if you will. This night, this was a book. This is a brand new book, but it's kind of, you know, uh, what is that? Ultraman was like the, the Japanese show and, you know, Kaiju and that's all, you know, all that fun stuff. So it's, it's original, but it's born out of like a, a commonly known like mythology. Oh, okay. uh, this it's like 48 pages or something like that. It's pretty, th- it's, it's square bound, but it's like the first issue. There's probably like a year's worth of comics hmm. in just this one issue. Like so other people could just stretch this stuff out because it tells you like the origins of these like ultra mega guys and like their battles against the conscious. And then it like spans like decades and then it picks up like another story and like carries it a little forward. And then it starts like another story. So if like it were like a trilogy, this is like episode seven of it's like one through seven are in here and it just gives you like the good stuff. Like you don't, there's no, it's not filled out to be like 130 issues of some, you know, story. It's like, here's just all the killer, you know, do just give you the good tracks and, and leave all the other stuff out. Let's get right to the, the heart of it. Um, and I say with the way the art is, it lends itself wonderfully to the, the, the store, the, the monsters and giant guys like beating the shit out of each other. And so it's like, Big bombast, destruction, violence when it calls for it. Uh, it. It's got it all. I was really, really pleased with it. I don't know if it's many. I don't know exactly what the deal is with it. It's not a one shot. I know that much. I don't know if they're all going to be like square bound. Also, oh, April this week, it's coming out. Well, I mean, what next week is the next issue. If it's like a monthly square bound book, then holy crap. <laughs> Someone's going for it. Uh, so I'm interested to see where it goes. Like I liked it a lot. It's just it, cool art, cool coloring by uh, Dave Stewart is the colorist. Isn't that the guy from the Eurythmics? <laughs> that I'm not saying it's the same guy. It's yeah. The the, okay. You're right. Yeah, it, it is a Dave Stewart. Yeah. Oh, it's the same. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's award-winning colorist Dave Stewart. I um I, I backed I, up Andy Lennox for years. Now I'm backing up James Heron. It's like it's what I do. Yeah. I, I just found our review copy of this book and I cannot wait to dive into it because I'm, I'm just flipping through it and I'm like, yeah, this looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's what amazed me is like is how like it, it so it tells the story like, all right, there's the origin and oh, then it jumps and it's like, oh, here's like a big monster fight. And then it jumps again. And I was like, this thing jumped again. I was like, this, like, I can't believe like this, the, the risk this thing's taken. Like, Someone could just lay back and then like here's like a bulk of our story, here's like five years worth of comics, like, but I'm gonna do it in in 13 pages. Like, screw it. Here's all the good stuff. I, I, I tell you what, I mean, obviously, like the the art is really accomplished, but there is such a visceral, organic feeling to it. Like some of like I, I turned one page and I, 
I actually legitimately got the a, like a chill. I I was like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, this this guy's for real. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. All right, Scott, you got to get on this. Yeah, I got a review copy. And if I may, because I can segue off that, mm-hmm. uh, we get these review copies, and we got one that just got me, got me. Scott has on just. Grab my soul. I went and bought it. I went and bought it. So I had a free copy right there in the ones and zeros. I was like, no, I I must own this thing in in the tangible so that it can live in my basement. (laughs) It's um, also from Image Comics. It's called uh, Ha Ha. And it's issue number four or three. And so I did see this in the shop at first. And I thought I like Roger Langridge. He did. I thought he just did the cover. And I saw issue three. And he's like, "Well, I don't have the other ones. I don't know what I'm getting into." So I kind of held back. And then I found the review copy and realized the grave mistake I had made. And then I corrected it. But so it's like it must be like an anthology type book because it has the same writer, but it's like a different artist each time. And this is a self-contained story. And it's a story about a mime who is no good at miming. He needs bills to pay. So he goes to the junkyard to like find copper to scrap and discovers a robot that like mimics his moves. And so he gets successful doing a dual act with this robot. And then like the evil scientist who had created the robot discovers him and like calls him back. And then I'll just tell you the whole story. Uh, so then the mime is depressed and he gets the idea to raid like the warehouse where the, the robots ha- kept. And he tries to free the robot, and he ends up getting murdered by the security guards. And that's it. <laughs> and I, I loved every bit of it. I love Roger Langridge. I love that just that cartoon look. It's he's got such a unique individual look. I, I just I'm a big fan of anything he does. It was a really fun, it's silent except for like sound effects. There's a few like voice bubbles or word bubbles. But sometimes they're just like it's like the automatopoeia of the sound effect is what they're saying. Like there's no dialogue exchanged. So it, it plays. It's very much the visual element in play here with also the language of comics in play here. Uh, and, and it had a dark ending, which is always fun. You've seen my comics, Scott Edlin. You know, I, I enjoy yeah. dark ending. Yeah, exactly. I, I like yeah. taking you on the trip and then just like veering it, taking that car yeah. right off the end of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jared, just to, just to let you know, because I'm actually I'm downloading right right now. We have issues one through three of Haha. Okay. On the drive. I'll go pick them up. All right. I'll go check them out. Yeah, I, I like I like that. You know, like those tunes his sketches from Sarah Library drives a car off to like the <laughs> cliff at the end is goes. <laughs> I like that stuff. That stuff gets me. And so this one, like I, I like I said, I read the digital, and just had to get it because I can just stare at this stuff. These pages forever. So well crafted. I love comics like this. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I can transition from that. You got to top that, Scott. Yeah, that, that was like the ha-ha is almost like a sarcastic uh, commentary on, on the end. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, the title. I'm like, it, It's like the end of the book comes around back to the title, you know. 
Yeah. So you're like, oh, you know, maybe it meant something. Kind of is, is it like a uh, the, the kid from The Simpsons? Ha ha. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, and at the end, on on the back cover, it should say, "But I said, ha ha." Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Good old Nelson. Just like the back cover is just uh, like brown, and then it says mature. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and thank well, you, Dan. I, I couldn't remember the character's name. I'm gonna pull. I'm not gonna pull a, a full Sean Atkins, but I am gonna go back into the vault a little bit. Doctor Strange Essentials Volume Five. No, moving yeah, up, yeah. moving up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably I don't even know five ten years ago on this one, but um, uh, this is the Omega. Oh, 2016. I'm only five years old on this one. The Omega Men by Tom King and Barnaby Bagenda. Bagenda? Bagenda? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, I'm a Tom King nut. Like, I just like, you know, not everything's not everything's gold, but I, I love his, the way that he characterizes people. And I feel he's like the, I don't know, he, he's, he's kind of always has a good handle on the way people are, you know, and the way they act. Um, so anyway, the Omega man was something I wanted to read that I had never read before. Um, and I did not even know this because looking at the cover, I did not realize that that you guys can see it, but that was a, that's a green lantern right on the cover. So I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Like, I don't know what the Omega men are. So, but the way it intros is um, uh, Kyle uh, Rayner. Is that his name, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Rayner, who is now – I this is how far out of it I am with DC, is the White Lantern. And he um, went into this system in the galaxy to broker peace with the Omega Men, who are basically like known as a terrorist sect. Um, in this uh, like five planet uh, system, and it gets complicated from there. Like I was like, wow, like this it's a dense book. Um, I think twelve issues. Um, the the hook was um, Kyle had to go in and surrender his ring because no Green Lanterns are allowed in their system. So he's like, I will do this. You know, he basically went in unarmed. They immediately captured him, tortured him, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, the Omega Men are supposed to be the good guys, right? And eventually find out that they are. And, um, but holy crap, was this um, political, (laughs) very political. Um, They had, I I don't want to spoil the whole story, but basically, um, they were a very rich society because there was a, they had a, a metal or an ore that every planet in the universe needs. Um, it's the reason that Krypton exploded was because they, they didn't have it and they lost their center in it. The, the, the planet requires whatever they have. So that makes them like this incredibly valuable society throughout the galaxy. Um, but they, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, and then there's this one other planet that's just super 
don't worry about what's going on on that planet. You know, like we only use four of the planets. We don't use the fifth planet for any reason. But that's actually what the story is about is that fifth planet. And like what, like the, the, the evil underbelly of a, of a rich society like that. And, um, you know, Kyle gets in there, he gets in with the Omega men and they uncover the truth. And, um, you know, and then it's like seismic shifts in the political, uh, landscape. And, um, I, it took me, I don't know, three hours to read this maybe because it's so dense. <laughs> like it was like two or three hours. Um, but it was super dense and it was awesome. The only thing that was interesting, like the interesting stuff about it was, um, how Tom King has changed in writing and, um, he wrote a lot of like Watchmen nine panel scenes, but then like when he needed an action scene, like the panels were broken, two page spreads, you know, kind of crazy. And the, the art itself changed too, where they, they got more dramatic with their brush strokes and made it more of a, you know, more like a painting than a, than an illustration, you know, like they would switch and then, they'd come back to a, a character study again and they'd go back to this nine panel grid. Um, and I noticed that Tom King seemed to like the nine panel grid because that's where he is a lot nowadays. Like he likes, he likes doing that, playing around with that a lot. So it's kind of neat just to go back and look at uh, his evolution too, as a writer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Great book. Um, probably not for, probably for someone that enjoyed Watchmen for being like a dense book, you know, and heavy, like it's, it's that kind of book. So, um, I, I picked a day when I knew I had time to read it without distraction. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd say, uh, check it out to anybody. Very cool. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I have that collection and I I started I got it after Tom King became, you know, a little more well known. And like I think it was actually I think I, I picked it up after his vision miniseries. And I was like, yeah. oh, this guy's pretty good. I'm gonna and then I realized he did Omega Men and I I picked it up and I, I did start to read it and I was like, Wow, this is really dense. Yeah, you're like what like, honestly, for the first two or three issues, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. And I, that's kind of why I was trying to explain it a little bit so that a reader, if you're going to listen to the show, know that, you know, Kyle Rayner's like the central character, even though you don't get that from that title and even the imagery, it's so like, there's no, there's no, there's no blatant intro. It's, it's like he's being tortured for three or four pages and then they drop his name in there and you're like, Oh, that's Kyle Ray. Oh, I know him, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but then you also get the, but the thing that's cool about the book is you get the measure of the man, you know, like in he, who he is um, in the, in the DC universe now, like, because I, I read him when he, you know, when he first started out, you know, mm -hmm. when he, yeah. and it was, <laughs> It was a different character, and now he's like this, you know, he's the White Lantern, and they basically said that he's 
but to be the White Lantern, you have to conquer every every ring. You know, you have to you have to be in control of yourself, like in a hundred percent level kind of thing with every ring. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know. I actually didn't know that. So, so he's a, he, so he's essentially like the the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, he is now, and it's because of um, the path he was put on. You know, the that he he did not get an easy path, and and it, and the book also deals with like his own personal beliefs, like his like a Christian, his Christian beliefs running in the face of what's going on in this, you know, uh, five planet system in another part of the galaxy, you know, or universe. You know what I mean? Like he's he's still like dealing with his own personal beliefs. In, on a scale that's just inconceivable, really. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "This is deep." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's he, what you get from Tom King sometimes. You know? Yeah, and I, I, I keep forgetting that he, if he was doing it while he was writing comics, or if this is before he started writing comics, but he has a novel out there mm-hmm. uh, about superhero like it's a it's fiction it's i think it's called a uh the once crowded sky and um i've always been curious about it i might have to uh see if i can find it because i've always that's what it was he he was like a i forget what he did before comics but it it he was he's a spot you cia yeah yeah analyst yeah that's it and so he and i think like in the older stuff, the older, the farther back you go into his writing, the more you get of that. So like this, because even like at the end of the book, um, Kyle Kyle Rayner's uh, actually telling someone on Earth like what happened. He's de- he's being debriefed to find out, you know, what they, you know, they're like, hey, well, what do we need to know? And and it's like. You, you just get the sense that Kyle's been changed by it, you know, like by the whole thing that happened to him. And it's like, yeah. holy crap, he changed again, you know, like. <laughs> like I would crazy. argue, I would argue those themes are still present in his work. And I grant, I haven't read everything he's written, but like the new Strange Mysteries, the Adam Strange oh, book yeah. he's doing right now, it, those themes are, are the driving force in that book. Yeah. I actually stopped reading that because I knew I couldn't wait every month to read it. So I was like, I'm going to stop. Then it got delayed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even better. I was, <laughs> I, you know, what's funny. I, I, I was the same way. I, I, I think I'm right about five issues and I, I just decided I'm going to wait till it's done. Yeah. And because, Rorschach too. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, which I have the new issue waiting for me at the comic book shop. I just finished issue nine of uh, is it Strange Mysteries or Strange Adventures. I'm Strange Adventures. Strange, Strange Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just finished nine of that. And I I think it may have been a while because I kind of found myself forgetting what had occurred up until. Yeah, then. and that's why I was like, I got to stop reading these because you, you know he's so good at he's good at subtleties, and you got to really just read it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am reading, um, that said, I'm reading Batman and Catwoman because I, that's, even though that one's a crazy story, it's a little bit easier to remember, you know, from one book in one month to the next. So. Bat and cat. Yeah. The bat and the cat. 
Yeah, stop it. Um. <laughs> CIA project to implant like uh, little mind worms into everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk about one more book. Uh, I read Berserker from Boom Studios, famously co-written by Keanu Reeves. Berserker. <laughs> and, you gotta uh, love those co-written credits. Yeah. Uh, but also uh, written by Matt Kent, who we know is a legitimate writer, and art by Ron Garney. And this is some, I, I mean, without even getting into the story, for, just for a moment, uh, th- this is some career work by Ron Garney. I mean, I, he was always, he's always been a favorite of mine, but he's just, he keeps leveling up with like every book he does uh, these days. You know, aside from being written by, one of the biggest actors still work, you know, it's John wick for God's sake. And <laughs> Johnny Utah, yeah. it's uh, I, I think it's already been optioned to be a, yeah, a yeah. I would, yeah, I would imagine something. so. Which is and, why it's hard to find a copy on the comic shops now. Yeah. And, and, and of course the, the main character uh, who I believe is, is nameless in this first issue is drawn to look exactly like he and like a, a, a bulky, just, just like think of like a, a just a huge bulky John Wick. That's uh, that's kind of the main character. The first, oh god, the, I would say the first three quarters of this book is nothing but just balls to the wall, in your face, action, violence, uh, death, dismemberment, uh, you name it. This guy, um, you 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 find out very little about him in the beginning other than he's he's clearly working with some some special ops team they are dropping into a uh, a foreign country it looks like some um, like a like a south american or central american country and he jumps out of this helicopter like no no rope no 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 line or anything he just jumps out of this helicopter like captain america style and just starts uh taking taking fire uh, taking, you know, he's getting shot and he's, but he's, it's not stopping him. He's, he's attacking soldiers. Like he doesn't even pull a gun. He is literally just wiping the floor with these guys. I mean, he's punching through heads. I mean, he's superhumanly strong, punching his fist through people's chests. He's pulling out, pulls out this guy's a rib and he uses it to stab the guy with his own rib. I mean, it's, it's ridiculously violent. And, uh, just so over the top, but again, it's done so well because it's Ron Garney. And then you, you come to find out that this, uh, this soldier, this agent, whatever you want to call him, um, he's, you know, working for the government. He's uh, a mortal. He doesn't know if really who he is or what he is. Uh, but he just, his, his memory is kind of uh, shady. He's not really sure. Again, like I said, you know who or what he is or where he comes from, but he just he knows that he's been around for about eighty thousand years. Oh, wow! And that's really about it. I mean, it's there's not a whole lot to the. I mean, and and and, and I think it's that's done by design. The the you know they're going to build up a probably some sort of um, a story or mystery about who this guy is, what he is, where he came from. Um, but 
it's it's very clear to see what kind of uh, you know movie or television series this is going to be. It's going to be just uh, it's not going to be for the for the weak of heart. No, that's for sure. It's uh, it's going to be pretty messed up. But um, it was fun. I, I I have to admit, at, at first I was. I was probably a little put off at first by the violence, but then I just, it, it, it got to the point where you're just, you're like, okay, this is what it is. I'm just going to settle yeah. in and just enjoy it. You know, once, once you realize that this, you know, this isn't uh, something that's going to be like, you know, revered by the comics journal, <laughs> uh, you, you just kind of, like you said, you just, like I said, you just settle in and you're like, okay, this guy's just tearing this, you know, he's just tearing shit up and he's surviving being shot, being stabbed, being uh, he he survives a uh, jumping out of a, a a window and using a soldier as his you know, to break his fall. He plows through like like a taco truck. He he gets his nose blown off. He gets his hand shot up. He gets his other hand exploded. He uh, survives a uh, a plane like being in, in inside a plane when it explodes. I mean, this guy is just. Just, uh, literally unstoppable and you don't know if he feels pain he might feel you know he, but but if i mean if he feel if he feels pain he's not showing it or not experiencing it i don't know but the comic definitely earns its title of berserker because it's just <laughs> insane i hate to say this but i do hope it becomes a movie because i want to see the keanu reeves rip a guy's arm off and beat him with it yeah yeah Yep, that happens. Yeah, he yeah, he rips a guy's arm off at the shoulder and bludgeons him bludgeons him with it. Uh, yeah, no no shortage of uh, of blood in this issue. Um, body parts, bones. Uh, like I said, just things blown off. Just not enough ways to describe the violence in this book. <laughs> Like I said, it was fun. I'll I'll definitely keep reading just to see see where it goes. Um, uh, the the Ron Garney art that's always going to bring me back. I'm a I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of his ever since he did Captain America with Mark Wade back in the nineties, like twenty five years ago. Yeah, as well. Post Heroes Reborn, I believe. Yeah, when they integrated them back in. Yeah. But his his art has evolved so much from being a really kind of a straightforward uh, traditional superhero style to uh, almost being like kind of a um, like a hybrid, like a little bit of Frank Miller, a little bit of like John Romita Jr. A little bit. I of, see the Junior Junior. I see some Cubert. I don't know if it's Andy or Adam. I see a little bit of like a little Greg Capullo. Some Lee Weeks. Yeah, there's there's a. Uh, We're not just naming names here. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you're if if you're a fan of uh, like just comic book art and layout, I would definitely check this book out. Nice. But Zarek, uh, you have this. Yeah. 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 That's for the Jay and Silent Bob's. That's know. right. Berserk. <laughs> Did he say making fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to making fuck berserker? <laughs> I won't sing the rest because it's then it gets starts to get a little podcast. It starts to get a little bit more graphic. Just watch Clerks. Does anybody have anything else? Well, I know we're running late. I was 
I, I was just gonna. I'm just. I'm not gonna review this one. I'm just gonna say that I read um, the Captain America: The Trial of Captain America, which is an older book. You know, after w- having watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier for a few weeks, I was like, I really need to read something like this, and um, it was it was well timed. I'd say like they. Um, Bucky's actually the one on trial, but he's he's wearing the suit. It's it's mm-hmm. just that era where he's Captain America. Steve Rogers is um, the leader of Shield, and uh, they're they're basically brought him to trial over war crimes, like he's uh, you know as as a Winter Soldier assassin. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting reading, like you know, kind of in you know comparison to the the current show so yeah i i remember i was collecting during the the title during that era um i haven't revisited it in crepes it's probably been like 15 years since the bucky cap run Mm -hmm. but i do remember enjoying it uh it's the brew baker i mean this dan's uh dan's guy like i when i hear brew baker i think of dan so yeah yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites. And, um, yeah, just, you know, so I was like, well, I'm going to read a Dan book this week. You know, I was always excited. <laughs> so, um, it was, it was very entertaining though. It was good stuff. I liked, um, you know, um, they threw in, um, Hawkeye was in it, you know, Black, Black Widow. And there was a lot of good stuff that, um, Oh, and you know what? You know what was funny in this book was they mentioned the power broker in mm-hmm. here, and at the end, in the at the end of this graphic novel, they throw in the, the it was like a Captain America point one. They reveal that the power broker was Nick Fury. Oh, you're like what? Because I'm like, but it's only that he was pretending to be the power broker, like so he's not the actual one. But I was like, hmm. "Okay, who was the power broker then in in the in the show?" I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, what if it's Nick Fury?" Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nuts. Yeah, I still think Sharon like, Carter, but that'd be nuts. That's well, that's Sharon, what I've heard. What's that? That it's yeah, I've I've heard the same thing. That is the the theory is that it's Sharon Carter. I could see that because they they give you that one little hint. She gets in the car and she's like, "We have a problem." Yeah, she's on the phone with somebody. Yeah, yeah, it might be like a red herring. It might be. It's yeah. an easy like misdirect. So it's cool to see Madripoor brought to life. I was waiting for uh, Wolverine yeah. with an eye patch and a white tuxedo <laughs> jacket, but well, well, they 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 did they did show that it was a blink and you miss it moment, but they did walk past the princess bar. Yeah. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. They mentioned Madripoor prior to this in the in the Marvel Cinematic. I, I don't believe so. I don't think so. I thought because I was trying to remember where Hawkeye was uh, was at in Endgame. Oh, I think he was just like in Japan or something. I think he yeah, was, I yeah. I don't think he was. That's what I thought. Okay. I think that yeah. would, I think any previous references to Madripoor would have resonated just because of right. what it means. Uh, yeah, because of X Men. So I was like, oh, another nugget, you know, that they dropped in to the Marvel U, you know. I do have I don't I, I fear this could take us down a long rabbit hole, so I'll just keep it brief. I have a growing problem with the MCU. 
uh, in its latest phase. And it's more, my problem is that Tony Stark is a monster. And, and I fear that the MCU has us all low key celebrating fascism. Wow. Like, what are we rooting for? Is it um, Glorious Bastards where the guy's like, are we the baddies? You know, I just <laughs> feel like. Yeah. Um, I, the more I think about it, it you know, it didn't sit, the, the whole we bring everyone back five years later thing didn't sit with, with me right in the theater. No. And as time goes on, I'm like, oh, that's clever what they're doing with it. But as it goes on and on and on, I am like, all of this, all of this, like you billions of people, all your pain and suffering is all because Tony Stark had a kid. All of this <laughs> because Tony Stark had a kid. And then he died. So all your pain and suffering, all this misery, this global repatriation, like all of this could have been avoided. Well, if the, one guy could have just like gotten over himself for once in his life. He he, he, he said it five years back then. Yeah. Well, he he snapped his finger and and died, and then he doesn't have to be around to suffer the repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. So he he made Hulk. Like bring everyone. That was his thing. Like he was like, you bring them all back now. Like I'm not giving this up. I'm not. It's like you selfish prick. You're a monster, and we're rooting for you. Like yeah. like I'm just waiting to see in this next Spider-Man movie who is the victim of Tony Stark. They're going to point Spider-Man at this time. Like yeah. I lay awake when I'm drifting to sleep. It runs in my like. I feel like a moral conflict now. Like being you know, you watching gotta, these things. I think you're. I think you're on the right path because like. I'm watching Winter Soldier and I'm like, why am I agreeing with Baron Zemo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, to some degree here, you know. Like, and, and to their credit, they are like, like uh, Falcon is. He's like, I agree with what she's doing. I just don't agree with how she's doing it. Like, right. And right. So, so they are interjecting that back and forth. Oh yeah, it's a very, it's a very morally ambiguous show. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's like, all morally. Everything a fine job. Everything like from the middle of Endgame on is now morally ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where it's like I feel like Disney is like manipulating us to like root for the overlords so that when they take us over, we're just like, yeah, these shiny superheroes. I'll go live in your internment camp. I mean, look and, and mine your Mickey Mouse diamonds. Is that what Florida is. Razor. Yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand if you absolutely love Baron Zemo in this show. Yes. Yeah. He's great, man. I, I did. I had no idea. Like when you watch, when you go back to what is it, Civil War, and and he's about to shoot himself. Now I'm like, oh, good. I'm so glad he didn't because you know well, now he, we get this. <laughs> well, he, we we've gotten way more depth in these uh, in in the couple of episodes he's been in oh yeah compared to the entirety of what he was in at civil war they didn't yeah. even scratch the surface in civil war he was just kind of like a character with the name and that yeah was good. like i want to see i want a baron zemo show <laughs> yeah they made it sound like in the in the movie they made it sound like he was just a guy yeah. that could figure out how to manipulate people but now you know that he's a baron you know, like he's a rich, you know, he has means and he, orche you know, he was orchestrating that a lot more than they let you believe in the first yeah. place. Well, not only that, but he has, I mean, he, he cer certainly has morals because he, he had the opportunity to pick up like 
three vials of super soldier serum and instead he smashed them. Yeah, he was like yeah, he doesn't he hates I thought for sure super people. I, I, I assumed he was gonna pick one up and take it. I love pick- that he draws the line at, at Steve Rogers though. He was like he's like he was a good one. Like mm-hmm. he's like that one was that one was, was okay. He was the exception. Yeah. 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 I just I want like Man, Actually, why do I like Aaron Von Zemo now? Damn. I want to. I want to. I want a show of Zemo uh, running his own nightclub, and he, he's out there every night dancing. Yeah, like that. that Apparently, that. there's an hour-long video that you can watch on YouTube. Yeah, it's it it, it it's a loop of of all of uh, Zeman's uh, Zemo's nightclub uh, yeah scenes. It's it's pretty funny. I didn't watch it for the entire hour, but I watched the. The first, uh, you know, the the first loop. I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, but you know, Daniel Bro is just a he's just a great actor. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him in um that TNT show, The Alienist. No, I didn't watch that. It's 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 really good. It's a like a turn of the century. Oh yeah. Uh, murder mystery, kind of a, like America's first serial killer type yeah. of story and how they developed not only like solving the crime, but how they like the procedures and technology that didn't exist that they developed as they were trying to solve this mystery. Like the idea of like fingerprints, like, like fingerprinting, um, you know, preserving a crime scene. I mean, just so many things that, you know, we take for granted now in our police procedural TV shows. Yeah. This show was like breaking ground. The, small group of people that are trying to solve these um, murders by this serial killer are, you know, they're not like a typical group of cops because at the time the, all the cops were just all a bunch of thugs. They didn't think they just, you know, shot first or, you know, club someone over the head and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's really good. He's, he's the main character in, in it, but it's, it, it's a really, really good series. I, if you're interested oh. And more, more Daniel Brew, Brule. I didn't know he was on that, so now I would I would be interested in watching that. Yeah, and it's on. Um, if you have HBO Max, um, okay. I think it's there's two seasons of it. You know, I I honestly think it's on terrestrial TV too, on like TBS or something. That, well, that's what it is. It, it it's on. It was like TBS or TNT. Yeah, um, yeah. But I guess um, for whatever reason, it it also ended up on um, HBO Max. So I okay. guess. Yeah. So if, if, if you want to see more of that actor in a really cool role, I would, I would recommend the alienist. It's really good. Nice. All right. So. All right. That's all I got. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we can, we can wrap it up. This has been episode 382 of the comic book pit podcast. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Scott. Have a good night, everyone. And Jared. The march to 400. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening, (laughs) and we'll see you next time.